Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we are all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Yes, I turned it off. What? Centerpoint, good morning. Hey y'all, um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Brenda Palmer. I am the Director of Communications and Experiences, and I get the wonderful opportunity to share the word with you this morning. Y'all ready? Yes. All right, so guys, we're in this series on prayer. It's called Signal Strength, and, and I love it. I love it. We get to, get to talk about prayer, and I know sometimes, oftentimes, we uh, minimize prayer to conversation with God. You know, it's like, oh, I get a moment to talk with the Lord. And I love that. That's true. That, that is what prayer is. That's our starting point, though. Eventually, prayer grows into an opportunity to uh, take a position, a seat. It, it, it's an assignment. Prayer is communication with God, not just so we can talk to him and ask him to do something for us. It's really communication with God so we can understand what his will is and through us happens on earth. And the reason I want to point that out is because when you think that prayer is just conversation with God about what he could do in your life, that car you need, that job you want, when you think prayer is just that, it's easy to lay it down. But when I understand that there is actually an assignment to prayer, there is a responsibility, there is a position I need to take, there is a seat that I need to sit in. And if I had to give my message a title today, it would be called the middle seat. Because sometimes prayer is, I don't, I don't know, you know, because that's when we hear middle seat, that's, that's what we see. It's like in between two people, it, and let me tell you, in COVID, it was different, all right? It's different. We definitely don't want the middle seat. It, it's, 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 it's uncomfortable. It's, it's not our first choice. It's usually the seat we get stuck with because we waited too long to book our flights. That's me. You know, I end up in the middle seat. But I recognize that when I'm in the middle seat, I'm a little more gracious. You know, I have concern for the person that is sitting on the other side of me. I, I have to participate when the person by the window wants to go to the bathroom. I got to get up and I got to move out of the aisle. I got to stand there and wait till they get back. There's a responsibility when you're in the middle seat. You know, the person on the aisle, I give them the armrest, even though it should be mine because they got the aisle. I, I should have the armrest, you know. The middle seat, it's, it's not a choice. And, and when, when I was, you know, sitting with this text, I'm like, wow, the, the middle seat is also the place where we actually sit in prayer. Because we're sitting in between something. And sometimes I'm sitting in between what has already happened in heaven and I'm the middle before it gets to earth. Last week, Pastor James gave us the model of prayer. We went to Matthew 6, and in uh, Matthew 6 and 10, it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Today, I get the opportunity to talk to you about what happens when we together, we come and we sit as a church, as a body of believers, as friends, as family, whoever we are, when we come together together. We sit in the middle seat and our prayer begins to become your kingdom come, 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when I'm sitting in the middle seat, I am postured between what God has already done in heaven and through my prayers, it is established on earth. The middle seat. It's, it's sometimes it looks like this. Sometimes it's me standing in the gap in the middle of what God has already done and my prayers activated on earth. Sometimes it's a straight line. And sometimes it's my prayers that help push somebody into destiny. And I don't always want to sit in the middle seat because that might mean that somebody might not get to know my name. But my prayers have produced a person in the purpose. The middle seat. I don't always like to sit there, but I want to let you know that everything that you've ever experienced in the natural, somebody birthed it in prayer. There's not one moment you have in your life that somebody didn't see through prayer. And I'm not just telling you that so you can be grateful for it. I'm also highlighting your responsibility in prayer. Because how many things has God already done in heaven that we have not experienced on earth because you won't sit in your seat? So yes, prayer starts as a conversation with God, but it eventually stops being inward and about me and what I need. And it says, hey, God, what you want to do? What is it that I need to intercede for? Let's talk about intercession. I got a definition for you. It is the action of saying a prayer on behalf of another. To intercede is the action of intervening on behalf of another. So when I sit in that seat, man, there may be somebody across the seas who can't do something, but I have the ability to step into heaven and pray and pull out of heaven into earth with my prayer. Hey, hey, God, what, what, what you want to do in Iran? Oh, why don't you sit in your seat? Find, find out. Because there's something I can do with a prayer that the soldiers can't do. There, there's something I can do from right here. I can posture myself. I can position myself in the middle seat and say, I won't move until I see what God said. I'm way ahead of myself. Let's go to the story. I got one for you. I got one, I promise I do. Let's go to Acts 12. Let's start at verse one. I love this story because it is a clear picture on what happens when we pray together and how we have the ability to move things that are beyond us. All right, let's go, verse one. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. He was scared. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. Let's read verse five together. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Let me tell y'all, that's the most important verse we're going to read all day. 
It says, while Peter was in prison. I love that it says, but, because that's a conjunction, you know. It adds some thoughts together. So it tells you some things that happened. And then it gives you almost, in spite of the fact that this happened, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Let me help you. There's two stories happening, right? One thing has already happened. James died. Not only did he die, he was beheaded. You know what that means? They took a sword and they just cut off his head. That happened, okay? It was a very public execution, all right? The church was very very well aware that that happened. You know what the church did? After Peter got in prison, they prayed very earnestly for him. But while Peter was in prison. So it tells us that James died, and even though he died, the church prayed very earnestly for Peter. You like Brenda, why do you keep pointing it out? Well, to pray earnestly means to pray with this sincere and intense conviction. It means seriously. You know what the church did? They took a middle seat. And this time, it wasn't necessarily between heaven and earth. They took a middle seat in between their disappointment. What, they, what some would have said God didn't do, and they sat right in between that and believed for what they needed God to do. <laughs> Do you have the ability to pray and intercede even though God didn't meet your expectation? Because usually when we show up to pray, I already got a method, a way, a process, a structure on what I think God should do and how I think he should move. And nine times out of ten, that ain't, that ain't how he rolling, all right? <laughs> He's usually the complete opposite. You know, we usually like, hey, Lord, do this. Now, he's like, <laughs> no. You know, it usually goes like that. James has died. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed with sincere conviction. The word earnestly comes from a Greek word that I don't know how to pronounce, and I'm not even going to try, but I'm going to tell y'all that it means to be stretched out. Wholeheartedly outstretched. They prayed for Peter in spite of the fact that James died. Outstretched. This, this posture automatically says, hey, I, I ain't got it. I, I, I can't do this on my own. God, there's some situations I'm in right now and only an outstretched, earnest prayer can move you in it. God, in my hand are limited resources. But the moment I outstretch them and open up and let you step in, I have authority to move heaven to earth. We ain't even got to the story. (laughs) But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly. Let's go to verse 6. Suddenly, oh, y'all right. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. This is a little sidebar, you know. We go through a lot of warfare, you know. It it be, sometimes it's like, it's like, it's a lot. I just want you to know that the level of intensity of stuff that you walk through really highlights who you are. Because the fact that he was one man and they had four four squads, you know, four squads of four, that's 16 people to hold one man down. I think Herod recognized a little bit more who God was than he would have liked to let on. This is a lot of, it's a lot of, you know, 
It's a lot of bondage for one man. He's one man. I think he recognized a little bit the God that he served. And I'm telling you, there's some stuff that you're facing that you feel like, man, this is hard. This is tough. Don't complain about it. Let it highlight how God sees you. Because if, if he can trust you with a season like that, imagine what he'll do through you. I, I just, that was a commercial break because that's not even in my notes. Let's just go. Let's go. Suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him, and he said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. <laughs> then the angel told him, get dressed, put on your sandals. And he did. Now, put on your coat and follow me. The angel ordered. You know what happens? Why we be disappointed sometimes? Because we roll up and we be like, hey God, do it now. <laughs> we like, Suddenly, when you read that suddenly, you thought he was going to suddenly be out of prison. You didn't know it was going to come with all them steps. You didn't know it was going to be like, put on your clothes and put on your shoes and come with me. And you know why sometimes we got to sit in between disappointment? Because we want God to do it now, God. Do it now. If you turn around three times and shake your neighbor's hand, do it now. What the heck is happening? <laughs> that's just where I, that's, that's how I grew up. That's how I grew up. They would tell you stuff like that. <laughs> and then you be in church like this. And he still didn't do it because God ain't on your schedule or he ain't show up to meet your expectations. And so I wonder how many things is God already in, but because it don't look like you think it should look, you feel like, hey, God didn't show up. What if he's there? What if he's in the instruction? What if you're waiting on a healing and part of the process is you need to go to the doctor. You need to take the medicine. And then through this process of steps, I'll heal you. Stop holding God to your expectation. That's how you end up in disappointment. And anyway, does God really do what he said? Here's the bigger question. Did he say that? Did, did, did he say that? Or did you say that? And then enter into prayer and say, hey, God, do this. He's not a genie. He, 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 you remind him of his word. What did he say? You are healed. So you already, it already exists. My job is to sit in that seat until I see what he said. Y'all are pulling, all right? <clears throat> so Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time, he thought it was a vision. He didn't even realize it was actually happening. I, 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 I read this, and the first question I asked myself was the fact that Peter was asleep in prison, did he already accept his fate? Did he already say, James is killed, I'm in prison, you know, it is what it is, because the way they just killed my brother, I'm probably next. Did he just settle in that? So much so that the very thing his heart desired, it was happening, and he couldn't even recognize. But I tell you what it didn't do, it didn't stop him from taking the steps. He, he thought he was in a vision, but each step opened up another one and eventually led him to prison. Let me help you. There's some things, there's some situations that you're in and you feel like, I don't 
don't even know if this is God, but I think I'm going to just step out in faith and do it anyway and end up free. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to come to church a couple times. Maybe I'm going to lift my hands in worship. Maybe I'm going to actually listen to what the preacher is preaching and maybe actually do it. And maybe I might end up where I want it to be. I'm sorry, this mic. All right. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this opened for them all by itself. Let's go back. Don't, don't change the scripture. I'm going to just verbally tell you, take you back. All right. Verse five. What did it say? But while Peter was in prison, the church earnestly prayed. Here's the thing. The church is at someone's house. While they are praying, the will of God is playing out and they don't even have a clue. You, you know that song? This is a song that's been taking me in. It's like, um, it's Waymaker. And you know, it gets to that part. Even when I don't see it, you working. Even when I don't feel it, you working. It's right there. It's right there. It's right there. Peter is getting, he, y'all, he is getting broken out of jail by an angel. Just, that's, that's really what's happening. The church is earnestly, fervently. Another version says constantly. They, they didn't move. They stayed there and they kept praying. And the whole time they praying on the other side of wherever they are, because I don't know the geography, but I do know that the angel's getting Peter out of prison. <laughs> With four squads, a four, four groups of soldiers. And an angel is just walking Peter through prison, right out the front, y'all, y'all. <laughs> he, 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 he not like, you know, you know, like I dream a genie, she was like, and then something happened. Y'all, everywhere there is a soldier to block them, he's walking him through it. He, he, when the angel first tapped him, he just tapped him, and the chains just fell off. <laughs> Let me tell you about the power of God. You ain't got to work hard for it. It just happens. As as a product of their prayers, you know what a work is? But while Peter was in prison, the church is earnestly praying so that in this moment, he just go walk out of prison. Like, let me out. This is really getting me excited because there are some things that I've been in before that that just went away and I couldn't really understand it, but it was because someone was earnestly praying. Somebody was on their face, on their knees, not praying for a new car, but they were praying that I would make it out of that depression, that I would make it out of that anxiety. Somebody was earnestly praying so that I could just wake up one day and experience the joy of the Lord. Somebody was earnestly praying. I said I wasn't gonna preach like this. This thing ain't got good to me. <laughs> I want you to clap. <laughs> Ooh, but more importantly, I want you to get it. Because whose deliverance 
and freedom and encounter and experience is holding on the weight of you earnestly praying. It's beyond conversation with God. Yes, it is. It's my ear tuned to his lips. And some of us are like, Brenda, I don't even know how to pray. Well, Matthew tells us that the Holy Spirit will give you what to pray for. I think all you need to do is show up, make a meeting with the Lord, create a space, make an altar for him to land. And while he's landing and you experience his presence, he on the other side of the world. The other side of town in your family that won't even show up to church here with them. Earnestly, they earnestly prayed. I don't even know what verse y'all, y'all know. (laughs) So they passed through, they started walking down the street. And then the angel suddenly left him. But I love that he didn't leave him until he was free. There's a a way that God walks us through our journey to freedom. There's a way that he holds our hand and he gives us an instruction. He said, hey, put your clothes on, put your coat on, put your shoes on, then follow me. I I, I love that it's like articles of clothing, but hey, sometimes it looks like, hey, put this peace on. Experience this joy. Why don't you, like, he journeys with us. When he calls you out of something, he gets you, he rescues you, he becomes your savior. There's a process. He goes with you. And while we over here interceding for you and praying on your behalf, God is walking you through a process so that you end up free. But they go together. They go together. So I want you to take a moment and think about, think back on how God freed you and then think about the weight of your responsibility to pray for someone else. (sighs) Praise the Lord. Peter finally, after all of this, after he got free, then Peter finally came to his senses. It's really, ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm sorry, it just got me. Peter finally came to his senses because he was relying on the spirit to lead him. He led him all the way out of freedom. And then God said, your senses align so much with me. Now I release you to your own. There are, ooh, I'm so sorry. That just got so good to me because there are some things. I'm like, man, I'm being led by the spirit. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just doing it. I'm just doing it. And then he helps me come into the realization of what just happened. Peter walks all the way through all them gates and all that stuff. And then he came to his senses. Now he can say, you know what? I was not in a vision. This, this, is this the ground? This is real life. Because sometimes God walks you through something, holds your hand, put the training wheels on it. And then he walks you into it. It's called maturity. Because the more I walk with God, the more I start to look like him, that he can then entrust something to me. So what he just brought me out of, I now have authority over, and I can walk it out with my senses because they are led by his. You know, he said, it's really true. The Lord has sent his angel 
and saved me from Herod, from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. Because Satan has a plan for your life to keep you in bondage so that you don't walk in your freedom. Because what Peter's about to do is show up a free man in the place where the people were praying. I'm telling the story because I need you to get this. Satan has a plan, but God is the one that it, it, it overrides it. Come on. I'm, I'm. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate. And a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. He goes right to the place where the people are praying. What I loved about this verse is that it said many were gathered. Oftentimes, we don't like to sit in the middle seat of prayer because it don't give us no shine. We feel, ain't nobody going to know my name. It's why we won't build in secret. Because we want to build so people can see. I was at Connecting Point Lunch a couple months ago, and I sat at the table with a man who had pastored a church for over 30 years. I said, hey, you know, woo-woo, you know, when you, where are you trying to get plugged in at? Because we all need to be connected. He said, you know, haven't really thought about it. He said, the Lord called me to pray for this church and its leaders. You know what I said? Best seat in the house. Y'all never know his name. He'll never touch this platform. He, he, he'd never be on the screen. He ain't going to never host a service. You'll never see him. But he got the best seat in the house. Because whatever I want God to do in this room got to be built in prayer. And he gets to watch week after week, see his prayers come to fruition. I promise you, every moment you ever lived in, somebody seated it with prayer. Anything you want God to do in the natural, you better build it in the spirit. Best seat in the house. Because here's the thing, you know, I know we up here and we preach every week and they sing every week. That's the easy part. It's built in a closet that you may never see. It's built on my face at four in the morning, praying for what God is built in prayer. Every, every, everything that God walks you into is built in prayer. How your life manifests is a clear reflection. Uh, where you pray it's built in prayer so when the man of God says God called me to pray hey that's that's he got the hardest job because he don't get to touch the fruit of his prayers he he gets to sit in the middle seat he, he gets to see the seat in front of him go forth he, he gets to look at the person in the window seat look out the window and you gotta like Cause, Cause that'd be me. I'll be trying to catch my video. Like, I'm like, can you sit back? <laughs> he like, no, you should have bought a, a, a window seat. You know, he, that, that's the equivalent of it though. That the person in the middle serves the other two. Who, 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 who you serving? What you building? It, it's a responsibility, guys. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not, uh, Mm, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I'll pray today. Who, 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 who didn't make it? Because you didn't pray. It's that serious. Because in our prayer, God has given us the authority to shift and change things in alignment with what he wants to do. 
What didn't get shifted? Because you didn't pray. You watching the news, you watching CNN, oh my God, when are you going to show up? He said, I already did. Why aren't you in your seat? God, what you going to do about the world? What you going to do about the world? As it is in heaven, may it be on earth through you and me. That, that's why we're here. I, I know you thought it was so you could live that dream. That is not why you're here. You are here so that what the Lord has already established in heaven can be established on earth through you and me. I'm sorry. It's a lot happening in this text. I get a little distracted. Um, when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. Now Rhoda, now Rhoda, now Rhoda, now Rhoda, okay? Because we in here praying real hard, Rhoda, and what we praying for to showed up at the door, and instead of you opening the door, you want to go tell everybody, ooh, you know how God do that thing for you? Ooh, and you just really be ready to post it. You're like, well, I got to tell, blah, 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 whoever you need to tell. And you ain't done nothing with the thing that God has done because you're busy telling people. That's Rhoda. Because, Rhoda, we in here earnestly praying that God is going to free Peter. Peter's at the door. And you want to come and tell us? I think a better way to tell me would be, show, I'm from the show me state, show me. Show me that Peter's there. They, they told Rhoda, she, Rhoda tried to tell him. And they said, girl, you are out of your mind. When she insisted, they decided, it must be his angel. They made it this, you know, you know how you be praying and you really be praying. You like, man, God, I really need you to move. And he moved and you still praying for God to really move and he's already moved. Part of that is back to that expectation because he didn't move how you thought he would move. So you didn't think he was moving, but he was already moving. He already done did what he going to do. It, it's actually at your door. Ooh, that was for somebody. That thing that you're waiting on God to do, it's already at your door. I wish you open it. I wish you open it. I, I wish you open it. Some, sometimes open it looks like, okay, God, I know I want you to do it this way, but I'm open to you doing whatever you want to do in me and through me the way that you want to do it. He's right there. He said, hey, I'm really ready to answer that prayer because you, could, 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 you, could you do it the way I want you to do it so it can, you can sustain it? Because if I gave it to you how you wanted it suddenly and right away in the moment that you wanted, you wouldn't even have the capacity to handle what I'm trying to give you. And then it says, meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. <laughs> I, I, I love this because re remember, Peter didn't even recognize that what was happening was real. And in this moment, he had the opportunity to come into agreement with the fact that God didn't really do what he said he was going to do. Because the people that were praying for me, I showed up and they didn't even let me in. But it says I continued knocking. Some of y'all got to continue knocking until that situation in front of you aligns with what God says. Because God will do a thing in your life and you will go and tell somebody and they will tell you God didn't do what you said he did and you know he did it. But I wonder if you'll continue knocking. Peter said, now, y'all tripping. In a minute, I'm going to open the door for myself. Because sometimes 
you, you, you got to hold on to what God did and what he said. You, you, sometimes you got to sit in the middle seat of what I know he did. And also, can y'all catch up? Because they are earnestly praying for God to do what he already did. It, it, it's at the door. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. That, that, that's the last verse. Some of y'all need to open the door because God's trying to amaze you. I, I, I read this text and I was enjoying the story, but all I could think about, all that kind of was sitting in my face was what if they didn't pray? Because in the moment they were praying in, they had no idea what God was doing. But they chose to earnestly pray. What if they didn't? What if they wallowed in their grief of the fact that James died? Oh, God, you let James die. Why did he die? What if their prayers focused on God not meeting their expectation and they missed the moment to step into a miracle? What if they didn't pray? Or what if the earnest prayers they were praying were all about how they were mad at God and God, why didn't you? And God, why didn't you? Instead, they chose to sit in the middle seat of God. I know you didn't show up how I thought you did, but I still believe you'll show up in this situation. I choose to sit in the middle seat until I see what it is that you said. All he's asking you to do is pray. It's a weighty assignment. Someone's life could depend on it. I have the ability in my secret place where I meet face to face with God to say, hey, God, what do you want to do in Nairobi, Kenya? What, what do you want to do in Ghana? What do you want to do in Asia? What do you want to do in Australia, God? What do you want to do through me in this moment? What do I need to pray for? What is, what is your will in heaven that needs to be established on the earth? There's a verse in the Bible that says, who will go for us? It's not always a physical go. Sometimes it's who will go for us? Who will war in the spirit until we see it in the natural? Who will go for us? What if they didn't pray? What if they chose to just settle in? Well, James died. I guess Peter going to die too. Let's just start praying for his family, you know, praying that the gospel continues without them. Because I want you to recognize that that could have been Peter's fate. Because the enemy doesn't have authority until he, you agree with his. When something contrary to the word of God is vocalized, it doesn't have authority until you agree with it. And you give it the authority to move how it wants to be moved. Because God's word is what's established. And then it's my agreement that brings what he's done into the earthly realm. So when somebody says, I have anxiety, that's my anxiety. Your words have now come into agreement with the plan of Satan and given it authority. I, I would say, like my mama used to tell me, watch your mouth. Because I, I, I had a flip mouth. It was, it was a little reckless. I would say, speak before I thought. And she'd be like, hey girl, watch your mouth. <clears throat> I, I must, I'm going to offer you that. 
that when you choose to pray, because y'all, we shall decree a thing and it shall be established. It doesn't say a God thing, a good thing. It says we should decree a thing. You determine what thing you decree and is established. I, I, this ain't nowhere in nobody's notes. I don't know who this is for, but you got to watch what you say and you got to watch what you come into agreement with because this church had the opportunity to agree with what they saw in front of them, but they chose to pray earnestly to a God that say, hey, God, I know what this situation looked like, but I remember who you are. We just sang a song that says the same God, the same God in this story that showed up with an angel to get Peter out of prison is the same God waiting to pull up in your situation. He, he's the same God. And I know we read the Bible like this is this old book. This is a living and breathing word. It's just alive. It's the same way the angel pulled up in Peter's situation, got him out. God is waiting. And also that situation that you've been worried about, the one that keeps you up at night. Let me offer you a possible solution. Why don't you pray earnestly for it, fervently? I, I got a friend. I know you probably like, Brenda, we don't want to hear that. We want it to change now. I know. I, I, I identify with you. Because I have a friend, and um, I, I really just be ready to tell people. You know, I be ready to like, hey, we could just fight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we can handle this right now. You know what I'm saying? She's like, no, I'm, I'm going to pray about it. I'm like, oh, girl. <laughs> she said, because I can do more in my prayer than I could ever do in person. You know what that is? She recognizes that in a position, in a posture of prayer, she has the authority to change situations. In my flesh, I just got the ability to react to them. So I want to challenge you the next time somebody you know, y'all you, you, know, y'all know how the people be rolling up on you. I want to I wanna challenge you to commit it to prayer and watch God change it. And watch him change it so you ain't never got to deal with it again. Because sometimes God is allowing that thing to keep happening over and over and over and over and over again is because he's trying to shift your posture. He wants you to say, hey, I really could handle this over here if you would get in my face. You're like, man, why do I keep going through this? Well, when are you going to pray about it? Because that's where my authority is. It's in prayer. I could pull up to this situation as Brenda, but it, it's probably not going to be solved the way that God wants it to be solved. Worship team, y'all could come. I'm done. Y'all good? Y'all good? This, this story was... First of all, it wasn't one I was super familiar with. And I got all excited. I'm like, oh, snap. The Lord was breaking people out of prison. I'm here for it. <laughs> but I, I love that while it had steps and it had a process, there was a certain ease to it. There was like a, the angel came, chains fell. He, he, a gate just opened. And, and I believe that in this moment, there is some fruit of some seeds that people have planted in prayers. I feel like the way that they prayed and an angel showed up in that situation is the same way in this moment God wants to show up in your life. You like, man, I, I, I had a lot going on 
And Brenda, I hear what you're saying, but I don't even know if Jesus is real. Hey, this is, this is that moment. This is, you know how the angel said, quick, get up. That's what this moment is. This moment is a hey, quick get up. That if you die today and you don't know where you're going to go, a hey, quick get up. It, 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 it's not really time to play. You feel that heart beating really, really fast. Your hands are trembling. You're like, hey, what is this moment? It's a moment where God is stepping his foot into your situation and saying, hey, come here. Hey, I'm with you. Hey, I have you. I've always been there. It's kind of like you've been journeying through life with a bit of fog, kind of like Peter thought his life was a, in a vision. And that's how some of you have been, and you've been in bondage because a life without Jesus is one of bondage. And so in this moment, is that angel tugging you like, hey, this is it. This, this is the moment you've been waiting for. You don't even know why you feel the way you feel, but I can tell you it's because somebody's been praying for you. And that God carved this moment out just for you. And I don't think we would be okay with you leaving without saying, you know what? I don't really know what this is, but I'm going to say yes. And if you feel like, hey, I think what you're saying, I think I'm the one you're talking about, all you got to do is shoot your hand up wherever you are in this room. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to wait for you. I know we like to say, hey, y'all, I'll come back next week, Brenda. I hear what you're saying, but I'm not ready. It's the perfect moment for you to tell him yes. He said, I got to clean this up. He said, I got it. I could clean it up. Got your hand up. You feel like, hey, Brenda, that's me, and you got your hand up. I just want to ask you to do a brave thing and meet me down here at the altar. Feel like, that's me, and I want to say yes to Jesus. All right, next call is... We talked a lot about being in a position in a seat of prayer. And if we're honest, some of us haven't done that. Some of us have not committed our lives to prayer. And if you feel like, hey, God, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and, and I, I want a moment to get back in position and I commit to taking my seat. If that's you, if you could just lift both hands wherever you are in this room Yeah, it's what I love about Jesus is in his grace, he allows us these moments not to condemn us, but to convict us to call us higher. Not, oh my goodness, why didn't you do that? But AI, I I have better for you. And so God, with our hands up all over this room, God, first we repent for not stewarding life in the place of prayer, God. 
And we pray that in this moment, that every person with their hands raised, God, that you would begin to set a fire ablaze in their hearts, God, that you would create a drawing and a pulling, God, for them to have moments with you, God. I pray right now for every person with their hands lifted, God, that as the deer pants after water, God, that their souls would begin to long for you, God. I pray that there would be, yeah, I just feel that, like, God, light set a fire down in their hearts, oh, God, that will burn like never before, God, that we commit for praying selfish prayers, God. We, com- we, we repent for praying prayers that were just about us, God, and that we commit in this moment that we would go after your kingdom as it is in heaven, may it be a established in earth, God. We thank you for entrusting us with the assignment to steward the earth with our prayer life, God, to steward the earth in the secret place, God. We thank you for entrusting it to us. It's an assignment, a weighty one, God. But in this moment, we say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'll go for you, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'll wake up when I should wake up. I'll stay up in the middle of the night if it means I can intercede on behalf of your people, God. Thank you for entrusting us with the earth, God, and we choose to steward it well. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you that your sons and daughters are committing their lives to prayer, that they're committing to do your will through their prayers, God. I pray that you would speak to them in dreams and in visions, God, that they, yeah, yeah, your word says that in the, in the last days, you'll pour out your spirit among us and sons and daughters shall prophesy, God, that they'll dream, dream dreams and they'll see visions, God. And I pray that every person whose hands is lifted, God, that that would be their portion. A fresh outpouring of your spirit, God, not just for miracles and signs and wonders, but for your presence and to carry the anointing that destroys the yoke and removes the burdens, God. We thank you for entrusting us with it in Jesus' name, God. And so, God, we thank you that the same God that we got to read about today is the same God that is in our lives, the same God awaiting to hear the voice of our prayers so that he can step into situations around this world, God. So we thank you for trusting us, and we say, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.